the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 950 WTLN. This is your hour when Orlando Magic Senior Vice President Pat Williams sits down and speaks with authors who have written books on topics of interest and insight for listeners like you. And now, here's your host, Pat Williams. It's time for the Pat Williams Weekend Power Hour on WTLN AM 950 in Orlando. We do this show every weekend, uh, for, and done it for years, and always look forward to our visits. Uh, Alan Dempsey is engineering the show this weekend. Very pleased that he's doing that. And uh, Andrew Herdliska produces it each weekend and always produces fascinating guests, including Matt Keller, who joins me. He's the founder and lead pastor of the Next Level Church in Fort Myers, Florida. His new book is called God of the Underdogs. And uh, Matt, I'm looking forward to this half hour and hope you're doing well. Thank you. I am fantastic today and just excited to be with you. Matt, before we plow into the book, uh, tell us about your church in Fort Myers. Well, uh, my wife and I are originally from uh, the northern Indiana uh, part of the United States, and 12 years ago, in January, 12 years ago, we moved to southwest Florida, to Fort Myers, to start Next Level Church, and didn't have a clue what we were doing, uh, but, but but had a big vision from the Lord and uh, a big dream, and we were truly the underdog, to say the least, and, uh, and God has been so faithful and so good to us, uh, and it has just been an incredible ride to, to just see all that God has done and the life change that, you know, has happened over the last coming up on 12 years now of being here in Southwest Florida. It's just been fantastic. And it's a wonderful place to live, isn't it? Oh, my goodness. I always say that. Everybody's got to live somewhere. I'm glad I live here. (laughs) What's your book about? Uh, God of the Underdogs is a book about this idea that when we study the Bible and what we begin to realize is and discover is that everyone God used in a great way was an underdog, and they had to overcome an underdog excuse of some kind in order to live their dream, live their destiny, and change their world. And the same excuses that we outline in the book, and there are nine of them, uh, are the same nine excuses that every single one of us in some way, shape, or form have to overcome if we're going to live our destiny and change our world as well. Well, I am eager to dive into all nine of these, Matt, so uh, let's get started. Fantastic. Underdog excuse number one, I'm not qualified enough, and the example you use is David. Yeah, King David, uh, of course, long before he was King David, the one that we make movies about and VeggieTale you know, cartoons about and, and read about, long before King David was King David, he was uh, the runt of the family. He was a little you know, shepherd boy from, quote, the wrong side of the tracks. Uh, with the odds against him, and God looked down and saw this this you know this young little shepherd who was you know didn't have all of the right contacts and didn't have all of the you know things that we'd think one would need to be qualified to be king. Uh, God reached down and said, "I want to use you." and, you know, put his hand on him. And so the first chapter is all about that idea that so many of us in our world today, you know, have that excuse that lives in our heart. Maybe we realize it, maybe we don't even, you know, realize that the excuse is, well, I'm not qualified. Well, I'm not, you know, as smart as my brother. Well, I'm not as, you know, pretty as my sister. I'm, I wasn't raised in the, in the right neighborhood or the right town or the right city. I didn't go to the right school. And, and those excuses are a dime a dozen. And uh, the first chapter really keys in on this idea of, listen, we have permission to believe it's us that God wants to use to change our world. And it just really dispels that myth, that excuse of, well, I'm not this or I'm not that. No, no, no. You are exactly who God wants and needs you to be to accomplish what God wants and needs you to accomplish on the earth today. Underdog excuse number two, Matt, my past is too bad, Paul. Sure. The Apostle Paul is, of course, the great, uh, you know, example of, of a guy that if anybody had a past that was too dark, too shady, you know, too bad, too disgusting, too, you know, whatever, regret-filled, it certainly was this guy named Paul that we find in the New Testament. And yet, 
here is a guy who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Here's a guy who, you know, literally has changed the world, has impacted every person on the face of the planet in some way because of his writings uh, in, in Scripture. And so uh, chapter 2 really keys in on that, you know. It keys in on this idea that for so many of us, we look at our past and we think, yeah, but if you knew what I knew about me, if you saw what I saw, if you had, you know, done the things I've done or made the mistakes I've made, there's no way God would want to use me. There's no way God could use me. And I just can't help but think that, you know, today, Pat, that there are some listeners out there that maybe they feel that way. They go, yeah, but, you know, I've got this in my past. I've got a foreclosure. I've got a bankruptcy or I've got a divorce or, or two or three. Or I've, you know, if you saw the way I treated my kids when they were young, you know, there's no way. And I guess I would say to those listeners today, there is a way. And you are exactly the kind of person, and you're not too far gone, that if God can turn a guy like the Apostle Paul around and use him to change the world, God can certainly take our past, no matter how dark, no matter how, uh, you know, mistake-laden it is, and he can transform that and use us to change our world. Matt Keller has written a terrific book, God of the Underdogs. Uh, Here's underdog excuse number three, Matt. My reputation is too scarred, Jacob. Yeah, you know, Jacob is that story in the Bible that, you know, when you read it through the lens of an underdog, and certainly the underdog excuse, you know, Jacob was the guy that was labeled literally from birth, that his name, Jacob, means, you know, undercutter or usurper, uh, you know, deceiver. And so, you know, imagine growing up with uh, with everywhere you went, and then you introduce yourself, hi, my name's Liar, hi, my name's Deceiver, you know, and so unfortunately for a guy like Jacob, he his name became a self-fulfilling prophecy. And for a long, long time, that excuse held him back. The excuse of, well, you know, my reputation is too scarred, and I've been labeled, and, you know, no one can really see, you know, what's... He couldn't get past his own label. And so many of us in our world today, I think, feel the exact same way. You know, we feel like, boy, there's a label on me, and I've been labeled by my boss, or I've been labeled by my friends or my coworkers. I've been labeled by other classmates. And, you know, everybody thinks I'm just the blank one, whatever that blank is for every one of us. And uh, the message that I think I would want people to hear and certainly take away from chapter three of the book is you're more than your label. And you can overcome any label that's been put on you from your past, from uh, others, from yourself. Sometimes we are our own worst enemy in that way, you know, that we label ourselves and, uh, and then we can't, you know, we can't seem to get past our label. And chapter three really is there to encourage and inspire people that no matter what label you feel like has been placed on you, you can get past that. God is bigger than that. Don't let that excuse hold you back. Matt, based on what you've just said, why would any parents name their son Jacob? <laughs> just, just hit me. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know, and and uh, I I named my kids William and Andrew, which I guess are kind of princely names, which I, which I just you know it dawned on me. I didn't even, that was not on purpose, but I, you know it's funny because Jacob is a popular name today. But I you know I think it's uh, I think we. I think every one of us wear labels, whether we realize it or not, and those labels define who we are, unless we we allow God to intersect our path, like he did with Jacob. And Jacob wrestled with God, the Bible says in Genesis. And and after he wrestled with God, he emerged with a new label, Israel. And, And as Israel, he changed the world. Underdog excuse number four, my dream is too radical, John the Baptist. Yeah, you know, I love chapter four, and honestly, uh, Pat, this was one of the uh, more difficult chapters for me to write, but, uh, the, you know, when you look at a guy like John the Baptist, we often, you know, if anybody kind of was had the persona of a rock star, it was this guy. He wore, you know, weird clothes, he ate weird things, and he lived out in the wilderness. And yet, you know, when you look at it, the truth is John the Baptist was a preacher's kid. And but when he and, and, and a guy who was not only a preacher's kid, but he was felt a call to ministry. And yet the way he decided to do ministry and was compelled to do ministry in his generation didn't look like the people who did ministry before him, that he didn't go into, you know, the temple or the synagogue. Instead, he went out into the wilderness. You know, he went out into the crazy places and ministered. And, you know, so John the Baptist had a, a very radical dream. And yet God was with him, and, and God was in that dream. And I love, love that, that in, you know, in chapter 4 of the book, we talk about that, that the Bible actually says, 
and God was with him in Luke chapter 3, you know, that he was hearing from God. The, the word of the Lord came to John, and I love that. And so I can't help but think that there are some people today who are listening who are, you know, thinking to themselves, I've got this silly, crazy, way out there dream in my heart, and maybe, you know, you, listener, have been too scared to even, you know, to, to even say it out loud to anybody, and I understand that. Here's what I would say. Don't count out your dream quite yet. God just might be in that radical way out there dream. And I believe God is raising up so many in our world today with crazy radical dreams that the world might look on and go, what? That's nuts. And yet God just might be in it. And God might just want to use our crazy radical dreams to change the world for the better. My guest is Matt Keller from Fort Myers, Florida. His book, God of the underdogs. When we come back, we've got some more underdog excuses to cover. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, you stay with us. It's the Pat Williams Weekend Power Hour. WTLN AM 950 in Orlando. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 950 WTLN. Hi, this is Pastor Johnny with the Vision, and this is Little Seeds of Faith. Reading today out of the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 7, verse 9, reads like this. Understand, therefore, that the Lord your God is indeed God. He is the faithful God who keeps his covenant for a thousand generations and lavishes his unfailing love on the ones who love him and obey his commands. Amazing. Wow. Our great God lavishes that love on us and he keeps covenant with us for a thousand generations. Wow, that's our God. Think about it. You've been listening to Little Seeds of Faith, the media ministry of New Vision Church, now with a new service time, 11 a.m. Sunday morning. Send your support to 5480 Hal Branch Road in Winter Park, 32792, or call 407-233-6550. You can also reach them on Facebook at The Vision with Pastor Johnny and Vic. Water is a basic building block of life. The human body is 70% water. It should be nourished with the purest, best water on earth. At Carolina Mountain Water, their spring water is unsurpassed, clean, pure, wholesome, and refreshing. And for the past 25 years, Carolina Mountain Water has been serving and refreshing Central Florida with the best quality and best tasting water at the most affordable price. Carolina Mountain Water is 100% mountain spring water, available in easy-to-use gallon and a half-liter bottles, along with three- and five-gallon spill-proof bottles, perfect for home. Home or office. And now they offer free home and office delivery. Isn't that simple? With Carolina Mountain Spring Water, no chemicals are ever needed for purification the way water for the body was meant to be. Get refreshed for the new year by calling 407-851-7144. The purest water Mother Nature can provide. Carolina Mountain Water, 407-851-7144. Call today for a special offer, 407-851-7144. Online at carolinabottledwater.com. You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 950 WTLN. And now, here's Pat. Matt Keller is our guest, founder and lead pastor of the Next Level Church in Fort Myers, Florida. We're talking about his book, God of the Underdogs. Here is underdog excuse number five, Matt. Nobody recognizes my potential. Jesus yeah, you know, Jesus is, is a bit of an unlikely underdog. You know, when we think of underdogs, I don't know that, you know, many of us would probably say, well, you know, Jesus was an underdog, and yet uh, the perspective we take in chapter 5 is is the angle of uh, when Jesus was a child, and he was, you know, 12 years old, and his family had traveled up to Jerusalem, and we all, if we're familiar with Bible study, you know, know the story where his family goes, and they're three three days back on the journey, and they realize, oh no, we lost Jesus. They go back and sure enough, they find him in the temple doing, you know, what he was created, or not created, but what he, you know, was put on the earth to do, and he's talking with all these scholars and so forth, and and I, there's this fascinating little moment that in Luke chapter 2, verse 48, that says, when his parents saw him, they were astonished, and not in a good way. His mother said to him, "Why, son, why have you treated us like this? That, you know, Jesus' earthly parents didn't even recognize his potential in that moment, that, that they looked on and they went, 
well, you have inconvenienced us. You know, you have put us out. You have caused us a lot of pain and heartache in this situation. And, uh, and here's what I think. I think it's possible that so many in our world today feel that way, that we look across our life, we look at our workplace or, you know, our, our classroom and our classmates, and, and we feel like there, there are people in our world who don't recognize our potential. And I think that is an excuse that can hold us back from living our destiny and changing our world. I think that so many of us, you know, feel like, boy, if, if my boss would just recognize my potential, if so-and-so could just see, you know, if they would just give me a, a, an opportunity or a leg up, you know, then I could really step into it. And, you know, so, so I think this whole idea of having others recognize our potential is a really, really a big excuse that holds us back. Underdog excuse number six. I'm not connected to the right people. Mephibosheth. <laughs> Mephibosheth. I'll but, take it for hey, you. Hey, listen, Matt, I, I guarantee you not many people know who he is. No, exactly. And I actually considered putting a pronunciation, uh, you know, right in the chapter. I don't, I don't think I did, but I should have. Uh, Mephibosheth is, is a little-known character, you know, that his story is found in 2 Samuel chapter 9. And Mephibosheth was the lame son of Jonathan, who was son of... King Saul, the very first king of Israel. And of course, David and Jonathan were best friends, and there was just this soul connection between those two men uh, until Jonathan died. And, and so chapter 6 really keys in on this excuse of being connected to the right people, because when David becomes king, the right thing that should have been done in Israel was to eradicate all of Saul and his family and his servants and anyone connected with the old regime should have been done away with. But somehow Mephibosheth survived that and was hiding out, you know, kind of in this little out-of-the-way place called Lodabar. And David, when he reaches the pinnacle of his success, he's sitting in his palace, probably feet up on the desk, having lunch, and he asks the question, is there anyone that I, from, from Saul's house that I can show kindness to because of my friendship with Jonathan? And so the chapter really keys in on this idea that King David, mighty King David, who has reached the pinnacle of success, reaches down and finds this, and he even calls himself this, Mephibosheth refers to himself as a lame dog, as a dead dog. He says, what do you want anything to do with me? And David grabs this throwaway in their culture, this societal, you know, burden. He grabs him and he says, hey, from now on, you're going to live in the palace with me. And the story of Mephibosheth is just such a beautiful, beautiful picture of what God has done for us, that he sees us in our lame, sinful condition. He reaches down and he picks us up, scoops us up out of that and says, from now on, I'm going to treat you like a son and daughter of the king. From now on, you have all of the rights and privileges of a son and daughter of the king. And what an amazing picture of grace. And so, so this chapter really speaks to that idea of, yeah, I'm not connected to the right people, and, and God's still in the midst of our, our circumstances, even if we're not connected. Underdog excuse number seven, my resources are too scarce, Gideon. Gideon is, is definitely a, a favorite, you know, story of, of here's this guy who, you know, considered himself an underdog, who didn't think, uh, you know, when he saw himself, he saw nothing special. And yet when God saw him, he saw a mighty warrior, and he called him that. And Gideon, you know, was the place, was the guy who, who found the odds stacked against him. And, and so he finds himself in this battle um, it, with his troops, and he has 300 uh, men, and, you know, the army he's going against have 135. And so truly the odds were stacked against him. His resources were too scarce, and yet God shows up, gives him the victory, and, you know, and, and uses Gideon to, to save God's people. And it really keys in on that idea of, you know, that our resources are too scarce. And I think it's possible that some of our listeners right now are listening going, man, I would do this. I would step out. I would take this step of faith. I would go after this. I would seize this opportunity. But I don't have the whatever, money or connections or resources or time. And so this really keys in on that, that we can't let those kind of excuses of, well, I don't have the resources, keep us from taking steps in the direction of our dream, keep us from taking steps in the direction of, you know, our destiny and our goals and our desires that we believe God has put in our heart. Go for it, underdog. God will show up in unbelievable ways. Matt Keller is the author of God of the Underdogs. Here's underdog excuse number eight. My chances are too slim, Esther. Mm. 
Yeah, Queen Esther is, is just such a great, great story in the Bible of, of yet another underdog who was adopted, uh, you know, who, who, again, didn't have all of the right connections and didn't have all of the right stuff, uh, but somehow, some way, she had intangibles. And that's what I talk about in Chapter 8. I talk about the intangibles that Esther had that God used. And, and I think that, you know, some of us listening today perhaps are, are thinking, well, my chances are there's no way, and, you know, there's 500 applicants, and how in the world? Okay, listen, there's hope. Be encouraged today, underdog, because I, I would just say, listen, just like Esther, she had everything going against her except God was with her. And I love the fact that in Esther's story, there is this but God moment. Who knows but God? And I love that when Esther is the queen and she's facing these crazy circumstances that Mordecai, her cousin who raised her, you know, looks at Esther and he says, Esther, who knows but God? And I don't know about you, Pat, but I know for me in my life, I've faced a lot of who knows but God circumstances and God has come through and, it, and, and he gets all the glory when it happens. Underdog excuse number nine, I'm insecure, Moses. Yeah, I think insecurity is one of those excuses, you know, that is, this is a big one for a lot, a lot, a lot of people who, you know, they feel like, well, you know, I'm, I would go after this, but I'm insecure. I would do this, but I'm insecure. You know, who am I? And so chapter nine really just dives into Moses. And, you know, here's this guy who had a stuttering problem. And yet God said, I want you to speak and lead the nation, you know, and, and, God, and Moses pushed back and said, hey, yeah, but, but what about this? But what about this? But what about this? And so finally God gets a little upset and is like, Moses, stop with the excuses. Stop being insecure. You have permission to believe it's you. And so I would say to any underdog who's listening today, Pat, I would say to them, listen, no more excuses. You can change your world. Don't be insecure. Step into it. Seek wisdom. Dig into the Word, and whatever God's placed in your heart to do, begin taking steps in that direction. Who knows what God could want to do through you today? Don't let insecurity hold you back. Matt, as I look at these nine, um, are there more underdogs in the Bible that uh, might lead to a second book, or, or are these the key nine? Well, yeah. I mean, again, I I personally think everyone in the Bible was an underdog, you know. So, so for sure. I mean, I I think there is enough material there to keep this underdog theme running for a long, long time. Will there be a second book? I don't know. Probably not. But but here's here's what I think. I think that when we start to read the Bible and the stories of Scripture and the Bible heroes that live there. Um, you know, I think when we read it through the lens of this underdog filter, what we begin to discover is God can use anybody. And yes, we have excuses, and yes, we have shortcomings, and yes, we have all of those things that could hold us back. But listen, we serve a God who is for us. And regardless of our circumstances, regardless of what we're facing, God is for us. And I just, I just want to encourage you and encourage your listeners today as well. We serve a God of the underdogs. Matt, I know in sports, uh, everybody likes to root for the underdog. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's true of life as well? I I think so. I hope so. Uh, I know for me, I I love an underdog story. I love to root for the underdog in sports that if I don't have, you know, a a dog in the fight, so to speak, if I don't don't have a team that I'm just pulling for, then, yeah, every time I'll look at the, the two teams lined up and I'll go, well, who's less likely to win? And I think we love that. And I think we love that in life. I really, really do. I think that uh, we live in a world that thankfully still roots for the underdog. And here's what I know. Even if people don't root for the underdog, God does. We have a God who is cheering on the underdog. And I love that. I love that. Hmm. Sorry, I just get excited. Well, you should. <laughs> so, the, so these are the big nine, Matt. Let's just go over them again. Sure. I'm not qualified enough. My past is too bad. My reputation is too scarred. My dream is too radical. Nobody recognizes my potential. I'm not connected to the right people. My resources are too scarce. My chances are too slim. I'm insecure. So, so basically, for people who really want to go after it in life, somewhere you got to fight through those nine excuses. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think the the key there, you know, number one is I would say to the person who's listening, you know, to your show today, who's going, man, I have this dream. I want to see this happen. I have a dream for my family. I have a dream for my career. I have a dream for my faith. I have a dream for a ministry. I would say to that person, listen, 
figure out what that dream is. And then step two, figure out the excuses that are holding you back. What is that voice of doubt? What, where are those moments where you start to take a step in that direction, you start to lean in that direction, and the resistance flies up in your face and goes, you can't because of... I think the minute we can write those things down, the minute we can get them out of our head and start to play and fight them on neutral ground, because when they fight in our head, we are always going to lose that fight. But if we can get our excuses out of our head and onto paper, we can start to dispel them. We can start to disband them. And, and so I think identifying what our excuses are, I think that's a, probably a hidden power of, of the book, God of the Underdogs, is that it actually allows people to, to identify, well, these are my three or four excuses that are, that are you know, common to me, or that I'm prone. I know that I'm prone to insecurity, or I'm prone to letting my past hold me back, or I'm prone to you know, letting a label stop me. And I think there's power to saying those out loud and saying, you know what? No, I will no longer allow those fears, those excuses to keep me from living my destiny. I wrote a book earlier this year, Matt, about uh, the importance of having dreams in your life and putting those dreams into action. But uh, the meat of the book was this. Once you put shoe leather to your dream, you're going to be faced with three deadly killers of dreams. Mm. Risk, fear, and change. Yes. That was the meat of the book, that you're going to have to take wow. risks. And, and many people just, oh, boy, they back out then. And then fear strikes. Oh, what if this doesn't work? What if I? What if I? My money runs out, or wow. what? Uh, what if everybody, uh, you know, turns on me? And then, of course, when you have a dream and you're really trying to move mountains, boy, that involves change. And boy, nobody likes change, do they, Matt? Oh, boy, <laughs> the only people that like change is if it's their idea. Yeah, Woodrow Wilson, the president, years ago said, "If you really want to make people angry." Try to change something. <laughs> no truer words have been spoken. Yeah. Wow. Like at your church, Matt, if you try to make a major change with your music or whatever, oh boy, now here comes the screaming and hollering and uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I've seen absolutely. I've seen that so many times. Hmm. But the world is changing so fast uh, that if we're not on the cutting edge of change, boy, we're going to be flushed out of the parade of life real quick. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, and again, that's why I think, uh, you know, uh, the message for guys like you and I is, come on, we have to stay aggressive, you know, no matter who we are, no matter what, you know, place in life we come from, mm-hmm. every one of us have to stay on our toes. We've got we've to keep engaging this thing aggressively, and one of the ways we do that, obviously, uh, you know, is, is hitting those things head on as we head toward our dreams and, and identifying those excuses and saying, no, 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 I'm not going to let those things be limitations anymore on my life. God, there's, God has too much for me. Congratulations on your book, Matt. It's a winner and uh, fascinating with terrific material. And I'm uh, just so glad that we could visit here. Thank you so much. It's been an honor. Matt Keller, the author of God of the Underdogs. He's the founder and lead pastor of Next Level Church in Fort Myers. So if you're in southwest Florida on a weekend, uh, make sure you pop in there and uh, visit Matt and his church. We've got more after this. It's the Pat Williams Weekend Power Hour. It's WTLN AM 950 in Orlando. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 950 WTLN. Look, the worst part about business travel is worrying about my wife and kids at home alone. My family's safety is my responsibility. That's why I started researching home security. I called the big alarm companies, checked online, even looked at doing it myself. But the best technology for the best price came from Vivint. They even won the Consumer's Digest Best Buy Award. Yes, Vivint gives me a complete security system, but it does even more. Vivint's video technology is unreal. I can see what's going on in my home right from my smartphone, tablet, or computer. I can even lock the doors remotely if my kids forget. Best yet, I got Vivint's no equipment costs and free install deal. $1,300 worth of camera and security equipment at no charge. Vivint was the easy choice for my family's safety. Take control of your family's safety with Vivint. Order now for up to $1,300 in security equipment. Equipment at no charge. Just pay as little as $99 for activation. Plus, call now and installation is free. Call 1-800-236-7081. That's 1-800-236-7081. 1-800-236-7081. 
Water is a basic building block of life. The human body is 70% water. It should be nourished with the purest, best water on Earth. At Carolina Mountain Water, their spring water is unsurpassed, clean, pure, wholesome, and refreshing. And for the past 25 years, Carolina Mountain Water has been serving and refreshing Central Florida with the best quality and best-tasting water at the most affordable price. Carolina Mountain Water is 100% mountain spring water, available in easy-to-use gallon and a half-liter bottles, along with three- and five-gallon spill-proof bottles, perfect for home or office. And now they offer free home and office delivery. Isn't that simple? With Carolina Mountain Spring Water, no chemicals are ever needed for purification, the way water for the body was meant to be. Get refreshed for the new year by calling 407-851-7144. The purest water Mother Nature can provide. Carolina Mountain Water, 407-851-7144. Call today for a special offer, 407-851-7144. Online at carolinabottledwater.com. Listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 950 WTLN. And now, here's Pat. Matt Keller, our guest in the first half hour, talking about his book, God of the Underdogs. Uh, he's a pastor of the Next Level Church in Fort Myers, Florida. Dr. David Jeremiah is with us, uh, founder of Turning Point Radio and Television Ministries, senior pastor of Shadow Mountain Community Church in the San Diego area. His new work is out, the Jeremiah Study Bible. David, welcome to uh, WTLN's Air here in uh, Orlando. Good to talk to you. Nice to talk with you, Pat. Well, I'm holding in my hands this Study Bible, Worthy the Publisher. Uh, It's burgundy and gray, David. You signed it for me, and... uh, I, I don't want anything to happen to it. I mean, I'm trying to keep it clean and it in the box. Wow, you, you must be odd. What was your feeling when you saw the first copy? Well, you know what, Pat? I think I cried. I'm not really? Sure, but yeah, I did. I mean, we 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 put so much effort into this, and of course, you know, the intensity of it was for two years. But it's really reflective of you know, what we did when we did this project. We took every sermon I'd ever preached, every book I'd ever written, every study guide I'd ever produced, anything I could find that I'd ever produced that was based on the Scripture. Mm. We loaded it into a database, and then as we went through the Scripture, we extracted the material that I had created for the various portions of the Word of God and, and created notes out of it. So in some ways, this Bible's been in production for 40 years. <laughs> I think probably that was more than anything else what really kind of got to me that day. So when you say study Bible, David, what does that mean? Well, a study Bible is, is a Bible that is, you know, the text is, is untouched. I mean, the, the, the New King James Version of the Scripture is the core of the Bible, uh, of the project, obviously, because that's the Bible. And the study notes are, uh, there's 8,000 study notes in this, in this Bible that mm. are based upon, uh, upon the text. For instance, you're reading along and you'll see something that you don't understand, and you might notice that down at the bottom, that verse is bold, and you look down, and there's a note to give understanding to the verse. And we started with a with a little uh, construct that I really believed in, and that is that we wanted this Bible to be more than just um, information. We, we had three questions we asked. What does it say? What does it mean? And what does it mean for you? So there was observation and interpretation and application. And those three things are kind of found throughout the whole uh, Bible. At the bottom, there might be a, a, a note that explains what the verse means. And the, the next note on the next verse might be, okay, this is what it means, but here's how you apply that in your own life. And, and you know, we couldn't do that for every verse, but it's I think there's a really good balance between uh, telling uh, people what the Bible means and then helping them understand how it can be applied in their life. David, the notes that are written, is that word for word what you might have done 40 years ago, or would they all, did it all have to be written fresh? Well, you know, you write a note a little different than you write a, a sermon, but here's what people are telling me, that this really just, uh, this really cranks me up good. They say, you know, when we read this, Dr. J, we hear your voice. Mm. And that's, that's what I had hoped would happen, that, you know, there would be kind of like a uh, I want to be present with them when they're doing this, you know, and I think the, the the notes and maybe even some of the articles and the sidebars and the other things we put in there are reflective of kind of how I've done what I've done for many years, and you've known me for a lot of those years, Pat, so you know <clears throat> that I haven't uh, 
haven't changed very much in terms of how I go out, how I go about this. I remember years ago, Dr. Charles Ryrie wrote a study Bible, the Ryrie Study Bible. And then I think John MacArthur did a study Bible. Um, In other words, would they have done the same thing, David, taking notes from their preaching and all? Oh, yeah, that would be that. That would be the way that they would do. I think Ryrie probably he wasn't much. He wasn't so much a preacher as he was a teacher, uh, a seminary professor. So he would have taken notes from the classes that he taught. And 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 each of these each of these Bibles has got a little different uh, personality and their flavor. You know. Um, maybe the best definition I ever heard of preaching is that it's it's God's truth poured through a personality, and so everybody who studies has a little different way of going about it. You know, I'm a great fan of John MacArthur's Bible, and I I had Charles Ryrie as a teacher, Pat. And, mm. and, uh, the thing that I think Charles Ryrie did better than anybody else was he was able to take a truth and condense it into the least number of words so that it had the greatest amount of meaning. And and he taught us to do that in class. He would that was part of our test. You know, he would make us okay. So you know what this means. <clears throat> now put it in words that make make it meaningful to other people. And and I think that's what the Ryrie Bible does. Is he till he is he still teaching, David? Is he still in good well, health? I was with some people who know him. Actually, his his. Uh, his wife, you know, he's he's not married now, but his wife came to one of my events and came up and and said, uh, told me who she was and and said to pray for Charles because he was not in, he, his health wasn't great, but I don't think he's he may be teaching a little bit, but I don't think he's doing a lot of it. David, right in the front of this, there's a fascinating section called Teachers Topical Index, and it starts at atonement and goes all the way to. Spiritual warfare, I believe that's act. No, no, no. It goes to worship. Uh, talk about that little section. It looks fascinating. Well, you know, you have a lot of information in the Bible that has. Excuse me a minute, Pat. You have a lot of information in the Bible that has eight thousand notes and sixty some articles and sidebars and all of that and. What I wanted to do with that apparatus was to organize that. So if a person was, you know, for instance, you, you mentioned the first thing is atonement. If you go uh, under atonement, what you'll find is that every place that is referenced in the Bible is listed in that index, not only by the verse, but by the page where it's found. So you can actually sit down with that Bible. Suppose you're out on an island and all you have is the Jeremiah Study Bible, and you <laughs> wanted to learn about atonement. You could learn a lot about atonement just by going through those, just going through the exercise of reading the notes and reading the sidebars and whatever articles by, because they're all listed under that topic. Yeah, that's and, fa- uh, fascinating, David. This is uh, the new King James version. Uh, why, why that version? Well, I, I suppose the practical answer to that, Pat, is that's what I've taught from for forty years, and so to do a study Bible. Um, with a different version would be kind of uh, a disconnect because you have study guides and, and notes and everything that people will be using along with the Bible. So that's one thing. And, and the the other reason is, I, the reason I teach out of that Bible, that, that uh, translation, is because I love it. And I think I love it because it retains the beauty of the old King James without the... Um, without the words that don't... I mean, one of my favorite illustrations is there's a phrase in the Old King James, it's, it's called the superfluity, of, the superfluity of naughtiness. I never knew what it was, but it sounded really bad. <laughs> and uh, that's in the New King James, they would change that phrase. And they've taken the these and the thous out and used the, the more normal pronouns that we use today. And the third reason might be that my dad, uh, Dr. James T. Jeremiah, was on one of the committees that was a part of the uh, making of the New King James. And so it's got kind of a history. David, here's something else I love. At the back of the Bible, uh, we've got the parables of Jesus Christ, 1 through 38, and then on the next page, the miracles of Jesus Christ, 1 through 37. That's a pretty cool little section. Yeah. And uh, there's a pretty nice uh, harmony of the Gospels in there, too. And I I had a little class here one day with some people that work here at Turning Point, and I asked them if they knew what a harmony of the Gospels was, and Mm. they didn't really know. 
it's really fun to show them that little uh, project because you know most of the many of the stories in the in the four gospels are repeated in other gospels, especially in the first three in the synoptics. And that little chart shows you, for instance, where every story, every parable, for instance, every saying that Jesus might have, it shows you where it is in all four of the Gospels in a very easy-to-read way. And uh, it's not exhaustive, because that would take too much time. And you know, the other thing, Pat, this is, this is one of my personal, uh, my pet peeves about Bibles, study Bibles especially. Uh, we write these great study Bibles, and then we put in a skinny concordance that's worthless. And <laughs> I told everybody when we were doing this, I want a robust concordance, because when I'm looking for a verse, and I look into the concordance, and there's only two or three references under each word, it's not going to help me. And so this concordance is 80 pages long, and I think that's that's a really good feature, because it will, when you know... You, you need a concordance when you know there's a verse about something and you can't remember where it is, and you know one of the key words. But if the if the concordance is so small, it's you have to go and pull down one of the big big boys off of your shelf to figure it out. Well, this concordance, David, starts on page eighteen seventy four and goes to page twenty one hundred. Mm-hmm. I would say, and as and as you hold the concordance, it, it's almost the size of a of a small book. <laughs> it's, yeah. So that's well, that's and, beautiful. And that's a great tool. And you know, um, you may you may have been heading toward this question, but I want to tell you about one of the things, uh, Pat, that, that we did with this Bible that I think is going to maybe be, when it's all said and done, the most important thing of all. And that is we, I wanted to find a way to connect the study Bible with additional information that would help people um even beyond the reach of what you can put into 2,200 pages. So we developed the JSB website, and and in the Bible there are little QR codes. So if you go to the beginning of each book, and if you have an app, you can click on that, or you can just dial up the the website. When you get to the website, the first thing you're going to find is, I recorded 66 introductions to the 66 books of the Bible Mm. uh, on television. I just went into our TV list, and we we wrote them very friendly, like you were inviting somebody into the book. And uh, so the first thing you see is I show up there telling you what the book is about. I tell you what it says and what it means and what it can mean to you. And then we have three sections in each of these, things to to watch, uh, things to read, and things to listen to. Under the things to read, is a lot more additional material that we didn't have room for in the Bible, just printed material, note material. Under things to listen, we've we've chosen uh, several uh, CDs of messages that I've taught from that particular book, and you can just download them. And under things to watch, uh, more recently, since we've been doing high-def TV, we've loaded in as many DVDs as we can from that book. And the hope is that, especially young guys who are trying to get going, if they they don't necessarily have to do what I do, but they can figure out what I do, and maybe we'll help them do what they do better. So they can go to the book, for instance, like Hosea or one of the Old Testament prophets, and they're going to find uh, a lot more material there than is in the Bible itself. And that can be continually added to, and we can continue to grow that over the years so that it becomes a very, very rich uh, resource. Tell me about how you did or handled the book of Revelation, David. Well, I have, uh, I suppose if I have any one book that I kind of specialized on and, and taught over the years, that's the book. I taught it back in the 80s here, and it's been on the radio maybe six or seven times. And every time we air that series, it out it outdistances the time we did it before. Really? I've written a couple of books on it, on the book of Revelation, but I just, um, when I taught the book of Revelation here, Pat, I taught it on a Sunday night, and it took me 43 Sunday nights to do it. Wow. And um, so I had a massive amount of research and notes on the book of Revelation, and I worked really closely with the editors on that book to make sure we got as much of that in as possible. We... uh, we, we had, obviously, as you know, when you put something like this together, you have a word count that you have to stay with for each book, and we were constantly fighting 
<laughs> writing the word count. Uh, one of the guys uh, at Worthy told me, he said, Jeremiah, you preached 65 sermons on the Sermon on the Mount, and we could use 6% of it <laughs> in the Bible. That's all we had room for. So uh, the, the the challenge in the book of Revelation is, you know, to, again, condense. And I think that's one of the challenges of, of writing. I actually personally wrote out the notes for seven seven books or six books, before we started, because I wanted to help the people who were going to help me write the notes out of my material to see what exactly I wanted. I want to tell you, Pat, that's the most, uh, oh, I don't know even what to say. That's, that, that'll drive you crazy, trying to do that, <laughs> trying, to put, trying to put truth in the smallest number of words mm. so that you can you know, use the space in a way and you rewrite them, and you write them again, and then you read them, and you realize there's a better way to say it, and so you do it again. And it could be it could be something you'd never stop doing, because it seems like there's always a better way to do it. But David Jeremiah, our guest, we got another segment with him on the Pat Williams Weekend Power Hour. This is WTLN AM 950 in Orlando. Stay with us. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 950 WTLN. We thought we were doing the right thing. I mean, why go out and hire professionals when we have people right here in the congregation who have yeah. experience in construction? That's right. I mean, Elder Jones was a carpenter for over 50 years. <laughs> but boy, were we wrong. You know, I thought I knew drywall. I thought I knew about plumbing. And we're supposed to know all the rules and regulations and permits and even the laws that are required to just renovate our own fellowship hall. Now we're really in hot water, too, with our local government. And we have to start all over again. Every day in Central Florida, well-meaning local churches run afoul of local government regulations for construction. The legal process for church construction projects is complex. Let the Nemo Group assist you with this complicated legal process. The Nemo Group is a Christian construction company. The Nemo Group specializes in church renovation and addition projects. The Nemo Group will help your congregation build a wall of protection that will ensure your renovation or add-on is safe, successful, and legal. Call 407-504-6966 or visit NemoGroup.com today. That's N-Y-M-O Group.com. The Nemo Group is a member of the Orlando Times Network. Whenever I need to get work done remotely, it happens. Office Max has a full range of tablets, so you can be productive from anywhere. See? Now, about this presentation I need to send. Office Max has a services center to do all your printing, binding, and shipping. This is crazy. I think I need to sit down. Office Max has the new WorkPro chairs that are designed to last. Wow. If you need it for your business, you'll find it at Office Max, all at great prices. Restrictions apply. See storeofficemax.com for details. Hi, this is Randy Everett from the Randall Group at Infinity Real Estate. I have found a new home for my radio show here on the new 950 WTLN called Florida Home Radio. Tune in each Saturday, 3 to 4, and join our real estate experts help you find a new home. Call us, 407-448-0770, or go to findandmove.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Don't miss Florida Home Radio with Randy and Mike, Saturday afternoons, 3 to 4, on the new 950 WTLN. Listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 950 WTLN. And now, here's Pat. Dr. David Jeremiah is our guest uh, from Southern California. His church is Shadow Mountain Community Church. We're talking about his latest work. It's called the Jeremiah Study Bible. Uh, tell me about Worthy Publishing, David. What are they like? Well, Worthy, uh, the President Worthy is, is a guy named Byron, Byron Williamson, and I've known Byron for many years. He used to be at uh, at, at uh, Word and then at uh, Thomas Nelson. He's been involved in a lot of projects, and um, when he started Worthy, um, he really wanted to make kind of the cornerstone of the publishing that he did a study Bible, and they came and asked us about this, and we were kind of thinking about doing it. I just got to tell you, you know, you can't, um, as you know, uh, you can't ever do a project this big without there being some challenges, and there were some challenges. My favorite little saying I've got on my desk here is there's no traction without friction. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we we had to get traction with this, and there were some challenges that we worked through, but they're godly people. They're hardworking people, and I'm telling you what, I could not have asked for anything better than I got from them. Uh, they gave me everything they had and then some, and we worked together and 
course, we had deadlines staring us at the face, and you know, we we uh, you have to focus this in on where it's going to be printed, and you only have so many opportunities to get it in the schedule. And so we uh, let, let me tell you what's happened since it's come out. This this maybe is the most uh, telling thing about what they've done. They've helped us with this, and we marketed it. And I'm at I'm at the back end of something right now that I promised everybody I will never do again. But over Thanksgiving weekend, <clears throat> the people in the marketing division here at Turning Point decided that want, they wanted to do something special. So they came up with a scheme where they were going to have uh, Bible Strong Thursday to something Tuesday. And if you ordered the Bible over the Internet, they promised free shipping and that it would be autographed. And they assumed we might do... Mm. Two to three thousand copies of this Bible that you were going to autograph. Yeah, and we did seventeen thousand. You can't be serious. No, seventeen thousand Bibles, and you uh, signed them all, David. Well, I'm I'm down. I'm I just talked to the guys. I've been working on this for two weeks. Can't believe it. I am down within the last four thousand. So that means I've signed somewhere around thirteen or fourteen thousand Bibles. And uh, I, I want to wow. tell you, that's not something you ever want to do. It, it's a world, it's a Guinness World Record, but we didn't have anybody here to to watch it. Anyway, oh, what a story! What a story! It is, it is a, it's you know, it's both good news. It's it's wonderful news to see how this thing was grabbed hold of. People love the Word of God, and of course, these are people who are who listen and watch us, so they would be the primary audience to do it. We just never dreamed, Pat, that it would be anything like that, and it's just blown us away. If you came to Turning Point today and went down to our warehouse, it's the closest thing to Santa's workshop you'll ever see on planet Earth. Mm. They're just pushing Bibles through there. We're, we're shipping three and 4,000 packages a day, trying to get these to these people before Christmas. And uh, I think we're going to make it, but it, uh, it, it's taken its toll. Wow, what a story. David, when I got this Bible, the first thing I did was turn to First Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 and 10, uh, to read about Jabez, who you introduced me to in the Phillies locker room, in the Houston yeah. Astros locker room, in July of 1979. Wow. When you came to do a chapel service, you know, for the Phillies and the Astros. And that and, was before Bruce Wilkinson's book, too, wasn't Oh, it? David. Oh, tell me. You listen. And I, I've thought many times uh, that... Uh, if you had decided, you know, I think I'm going to write about Jabez, we probably never would have heard of Bruce Wilkinson. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was quite a story. And uh, by the way, speaking of books, I just got your uh, leadership book, the one you did with Danny, the, the beautiful leather-covered one. Yes, yes. Oh, you know, that is a beautiful product. I hope uh, uh, I'm going to take that. I'm getting ready to get out of here for a few days after Christmas, and I'm going to take that with me and read it. But uh, that's pretty exciting. Thank you, David. Yeah, they they're able to do that kind of artificial leather now, and and it really gives a, a book like that, a devotional book, a, a very very nice look, uh, kind of an an, well, a, an what, ancient look, but it's pretty nice. You got to let me do this. Um, I'll do this today. Uh, my wife was involved in the production meetings when we were talking about how this Bible was going to appear, mm -hmm. and uh, she leaned over to me. She says, "I'm going to get him to do a purple one." <laughs> I mean, they're not going to do a purple Bible. She says, you watch. Well, we did one. And really? It's the most popular one. We can't keep them in the house. Really? And I want to give one to your wife. I'll get one to you so you can give it to your wife. Wouldn't that be neat? It is the most, and that's every woman wants one. And the, the interesting thing about it was Worthy didn't think they, they that it would be a seller, so they didn't put it in their stores, but people have heard about it, and they're going in all these stores. Where's the purple one? Well, you can't get that except through Turning Point, so wow. they have to call us. And uh, I know in the Bible run that we signed, there were over 4,000 of them, hmm. 4,000 purple Bibles. But um, um, Well, that's Ruth's favorite color, David, so... We'll get, we'll get one to you, that, and she will, she will love it. And, and that's that soft leather you were talking about. That's the... Real, uh, they call it faux leather or something. I don't yeah. know. It's, it's better than leather, but I guess it's not real leather. But it's it's a beautiful a beautiful uh, feel to it. Well, David, one of the great sights uh, on television or or in person is watching Doctor Charles Stanley with his floppy Bible. 
Yeah. I mean, it flops. It looks like it just folds down over his wrist. Well, it, well, now in my hands, I've got a floppy Bible. There you go. So there you go. <laughs> doesn't get any better than that. Hey, I don't know if uh, uh, if you want to talk to me about this or not, but I want to know how you're doing. David, I'm doing well. I uh, was diagnosed, as you know, three years ago with multiple myeloma, which is mm-hmm. cancer of the blood and the bone marrow. Uh, but the reports now at the three-year mark are really encouraging. The uh, uh, doctors are pleased with my progress. My blood numbers uh, are, are down and, and where they really should be. And uh, they, they really are telling me that they don't see any signs in my body of myeloma. So, boy, that's good, really good news. That's great. I go by how I feel. I think you do, too, with your cancer yeah. battle, right? And I do. If your energy level's good, and yours obviously is... Um, you know, you can keep your, keep a full life, and uh, the doctors have made it very clear to me, don't sit on the sidelines. Stay engaged, and we'll tuck the medical stuff around it, but go, go live your life, and, uh, that, well, and that's, that's really good that's, advice. That's the greatest thing you can do, you know. If you're if you're giving your life, you're not giving it to, to hoard it. You're giving it to give it away, and that's yeah. what you do, and that's what I do. And, you know, Pat, um, I've never been – I've never been more – we just came back. We, we introduced this Bible, believe it or not, in, in Madison Square Garden. Really? The, on the 5th of December, we had the Mercy Me, Carrie Job, the Brooklyn Tabernacle Singers, and Golden mm. Oak. We had 5,000 people in the theater, and we introduced this Bible in a night of worship. I wanted to go to the most important place I knew and give glory to God for this book. And, and we did. We, we didn't talk about the Bible very much. and. Uh, this whole program is going to be on our television network the first two weeks in January. So if you get that, you can see part of it. But isn't that something? We uh, we honored the Lord and uh, we invited a bunch of people from New York. And Donald and Melania Trump came and sat in the second row. Really? Both service. Wow! Isn't that impressive? Course, we've been in correspondence with him since. He was so blessed and encouraged. Wrote me a really nice note and. But it was the most glorious night. I cannot tell you what that night was like. From the moment we started until we ended, it was all about God. It was mm. about <clears throat> the gift of His Son and the gift of the Word. And uh, so we came out of the shoot with a big, with a big celebration, and uh, it, it's been quite an experience. And David, I think to the time we were sitting years ago watching a Padres game. And we got into a discussion, and you made a great statement to me. You don't want to be a former anything, meaning yeah. keep keep going till you drop. <laughs> that well, was, I think, that was what you were saying. Well, I was saying that you know, as long as as long as you can be, a, I, I tell my wife, if I start, if I'm not effective, I don't want to be, you know, wasting people's time. I just want to stay sharp and, and work hard and mm-hmm. make a difference. And you know, I really believe that one of the greatest. Wasted. One of the one of the greatest wastes is the end of a person's life if they don't understand that God it doesn't leave you here just to go sit on a beach someplace. He leaves you here to make a difference. Now you got to make a difference in how you live, and you can't always do the things that you've done in the past. But you have all this life, all of this experience, all of this knowledge, all of this time that you've given and learned, and. Uh, David Jeremiah has been our guest. We've got to wrap up after this on the Pat Williams Saturday Evening Power Hour, WTLN AM 950 in Orlando. Stay with us. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 950 WTLN. I will never forget the day my son Jeremy told me he hated me and slammed the door in my face. I'm behavioral therapist Janet Lehman. Behavior problems can turn the child you love and your life into a nightmare. That's why my husband James and I created the Total Transformation, the step-by-step program that shows you how to fix the worst behavior problems and get your child to respect and listen to you again. No matter what the behavior, defiance, backtalk, angry outbursts, disrespect, we can help you stop it. Now you can get the Total Transformation for free. All you need to do is get the program and let us know how it works for you. You can keep it forever for free. Limited number of free programs available. Call now. 1-800-801-9691. 1-800-801-9691. That's 1-800-801-9691. 1-800-801-9691. 
You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 950 WTLN. And now, here's Pat. Thank you so much for joining us here over the weekend on WTLN. We had Matt Keller in that first half hour talking about God of the Underdogs. Really interesting to chat with him. And then uh, Dr. David Jeremiah joins us from uh, Southern California. Uh, So interesting to hear him talk about the Jeremiah Study Bible. Uh, It is out, and boy, it's a dandy and uh, well worth having in your uh, Bible collection. You'll get a lot out of it. Please visit my website. It is uh, patwilliams.com. The Twitter page is Orlando Magic Pat. And uh, my latest book is out. It's called The Leadership Excellence Devotional, 180 Thoughts of the Day for Leaders at All Levels. Uh, I think you'll find those stories interesting. And uh, you can go up to Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com as well. We're back next weekend for more of the Power Hour on WTLN AM 950. Have a wonderful week ahead. Thank you for joining us for this week's edition of the Pat Williams Power Hour. Join us again next week at this same time on the intersection of faith and reason. The new 950 WTLN. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.